2: everybody welcome back to another episode of card slingers and we're trying to go through our (laughs) mailbag slowly but surely and we realized we have a couple of questions that like are years old that we just still haven't gotten to so like whoopsie on us um and it's not that we don't value your input and your questions it's just we We just didn't get around to it. So we're trying to get back to the mailbag and answer your questions. Um, So we have um, a couple of listener questions that we can kind of distill into one episode or one big question. And I'll do the summary. And if, uh, Jamie, if you want to interject or if I forget um, what the questions were asking, they were basically asking, what do you do when your interpretations differ from the little white book or the guidebook or the companion book of a deck and how do you know when you know your interpretation is actually the interpretation that you should be going with rather than the little white book or the guidebook or whatever um i think that's pretty much the distillation of it yeah
1: yeah like um one person just wanted to know how do you kind of you know deal with that the other mm-hmm. listener had particular harder decks in mind, like the Haindel Tarot, the Mary L, and/or the Wild Unknown, where they are don't have traditional imagery as per, like the Waite Smith tradition or the Toth tradition, which has a lot of books written on the symbolism. <laughs> But, right. you know, they create their own worlds. And unless you get, like, the really good books about them that have been, you know, some of them, like, The Handels got two great books by Rachel. But if you don't have those books, how do you reconcile the meanings and stuff? So it, it, a little, you know, flavor, you know, on the how do you, you know, create your own little white book in a way. So I thought the two kind of were good questions for us to discuss today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I think that having a little white book is valuable, especially when you're starting out. So it's like, because you kind of feel like you're Adrift on the sea uh, when you first start reading. And it's just like, it would be nice to, you know, have a little boat or have a little oar of a guidebook to kind of like carry you through, um, something to fix yourself onto until, you know, your intuition speaks up very naturally as you're working with your divination tool. Um, but then they can start to be a hindrance because then you start to put that guidebook on a pedestal and not listen to your intuition as it starts to speak, which is a very very natural progression of working with the divination tool. And I do te- talk to my students about that and say like, no, 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 that is a very natural step of your tarot learning journey. You know, when you start to get other messages from the cards that differ from the companion book, you know, it's like, you're not doing it wrong, <laughs> basically. No.
0: Yeah. So And it's never- okay to get supplemental feeling like if, if you're looking at a RWS or, or other guidebook and you're looking at the reading and you're like, yeah, but I, I think it kind of means this. I, that's when, that's when you're starting to be a tarot reader. When your intuition and your, your intelligence starts speaking over the words that you're reading. Um, that's when you, you are becoming a reader. And that's when it's kind of scary because then it seems like, Like, all information, it starts to become too overwhelming. Like, there are too many choices, too much information about this card. Um, But that's part of learning how to do the readings is learning how to trust yourself as you're parsing through all of this information.
1: Mm -hmm. As somebody who's written over, like, 20 of these things for Los it's it's interesting because, like, in the beginning, before I started doing this, I was in the camp of... All my all my one-on-one students, I'd say, get rid of your LWB, get rid of the books, you know, even if you're learning from Handel or something, you know, give me the books, give me all this stuff, because I want you to trust your intuition first, because there's this interesting divide. And, you know, this is kind of a long story type of thing where when at least for me when I started, I all we all I had was an a little white booklet or those two books for the Handel deck. That was actually one of the first decks I did a deep study into. And when I started getting other hits, I would contradict myself with the book. I'd be like, wait a minute, the book says this. However, I'm saying this, and I never had anybody tell me, trust your gut, trust your gut. So I would be like, "Mary, Mary Kay Greer's more correct, or Rachel's more correct than my gut. So there's this interplay, this strange interplay with you know, me wanting people to trust their intuition, trust their gut, what it says first without reading the little white booklets. But as somebody who writes them, number one, I want people to appreciate the goddamn hard work that goes into (laughs) these things. But also it's an introduction to tarot because I never know who's, you know, going to be picking that deck up for the first time. You know, that may or may not have enough money for uh, a book as well as just the deck. So you try and find this interesting balance of finding an angle to get somebody into that world, to introduce mm. them both into tarot. All my books I, I think I say or you know imply don't memorize the meetings. Listen to your intuition. These are just a signpost, a I love that term, a, a little boat to help you understand kind of one way to enter the card when you draw a blank. Because I hate to say it, kids, even when you're a professional, there are days you draw a blank. Like there are times yep. where I'm like, I know a dic- you know, dictionary definitions of card, but today this this card with this answer
0: question makes it's no not sense talking. to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's not talking. I don't, I don't know the order of the Major Arcana, which I was putting my cards in order because I started reading again. And I was like, Joe, I need you to help me because it's too small. The Roman numerals are too small and I don't know which order they go in. And he was like, you don't what? <laughs> I'm like, That's not how I use the cards. I don't put them in order for a living. So step off. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, there there are things that, that we, we don't memorize because that's not what we use them for, you know? And I think that, that utilizing the LWB with your new deck is a good idea. I mean, have it there as a resource for sure. Um, and there's nobody who said you had to memorize Jack. Like, you don't have to memorize every new deck that you have, every, you know, different meaning that it might have according to the person who made it. You don't have to memorize anything. But what it can do is give you another layer of insight into that card, which is always valuable. Like you mentioned, the Wild Unknown deck by Kim Kranz, that Fool card really revolutionized that the anxiety and the fear that the Fool mice have. He might be smiling, but he's also about to walk a cliff. And if you look at the tiny little chicken on the Fool card for Kim Kranz's Wild Unknown, there's some trepidation like that chickie doesn't want to let go of the branch that he's standing on, even though it's only a couple inches above the ground. But a couple inches for that little chicken, is a lot more for the chicken than it is for me, you know, and it Mm -hmm. gave me that perspective of that kind of anxiety and trepidation that even though it's a little jump for them, it might be it might be appear to be a small jump for me. And helping me put myself back in the reader kind of place in the client kind of place rather than the the tarot reader who knows, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But it helps you shift your perspective, I think, um, with each reading that you give and the decks that you give, just layer that information for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love the companion books that are created by the artists themselves. Those are Mm -hmm. my favorite kinds because I... When the imagery differs from a standard Rider Waite Smith deck, there is this something magical that happens because I let my clients pick out the the deck that they're going to be read from and like 85 to 90% of the time they get cards that end up having a symbol that's very, very resonant to them and very personal to them that do not appear in a traditional Rider-Waite Smith deck, and in those cases, that it, it makes the reading even more powerful for that discrepancy or that difference. But I always want to know for the companion book, like why did you make that choice, and it really speaks to that deepening of understanding. Um and, and especially if it's um it's a it's a themed deck that you're not familiar with like I give an example of the herbal tarot which is an excellent deck but I I know jack shit about herbalism. So I kind of want to know why did you pair astragalus with this particular major arcana card? Why did you pair uh cayenne pepper with this particular card? And how can I deepen my understanding of that tarot card? by a different system uh, or a different theme.
0: And it helps you see further into the world. Like I did the Scorpio Sea Tarot with Maggie Stiefvater and um, we we made the different suits parts of the community. So there were fantastical creatures. um, There were regular animals. There were family members of this particular family. And then the other, I think Pentacles was the community. Um, that everyone lived in and so it kind of gave you another picture into the world of that deck uh, which was based on a book and uh so the companion guide was introducing you to the world as well as the card and why we picked each you know why there was a fox as you know as this card because that card lends itself to trickery and it was the suit with all the animals in it so it was a fox um, so it, it gave like, so if you, if you were to look at a different deck, you know, alongside the Scorpio sea, then you would see that there are these little threads that tie them together
1: and oh, stuff. Right. One <laughs> of the things that I do, and this can be considered homework for this episode is I keep notes on, uh, various cards. Like, I mean, granted, I've got a, a, a master document with all the meanings that I've ever written for, for anything. But I also take notes on other books or other decks. Like, I can't remember the name of the deck, but last week I was hanging out with Amber Highland, who got a deck in for us for the Carter Mantra review, and the Five of Wands had a meeting that really... Normally, you know, I'd be like, clear the chaos. Don't get into these arguments. Don't get into the fight. Right. But this one actually said, at the bottom, they had uh, little, like, the sayings at the bottom of the cards competition forces us to do our best.
0: Ooh. ooh.
1: That, and now that's something, I, obviously none of us, or maybe mostly just me, have never considered for the five of wands because in the five of wands, they are, we know they're challenge cards because of reasons, you know, but this, I'm like, ooh, I like that. The competition forces you to do your best. Mm. So I, I, you know, I wrote that down in a note or I took a picture of it and I keep a journal, whether in both printed and online of all these new meanings for each card so you can you know see the threads of where people might have similar thoughts on you know uh, a card meaning and where they differ because it's it's not just a a memorization game um i remember just back when i was trying to start that i was like wait a minute if i have to memorize upright reversed and what each position in a celtic cross spread was going to be i was like no I'm not going to be doing doing it. it. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have done it, you know. This is stupid. I ain't doing it. (laughs) Yeah. So we're not saying that you need to memorize the entire wide variety. You know, it's this weird magical blend between, uh, you know, reading the different books, listening to the different podcasts like us and synthesizing a true meaning in the moment. I mean, it's going to change. You're going to, you know, one day a, a five of wands might mean clear the clutter. Or it might mean step away from the chaos or it might mean become your best because, you know, somebody is forcing you into a a competitive position to show Mm. you what
0: you're made of. I had um, a reading yesterday and um, she got the page of pentacles and uh, her fellow showed up as the king of pentacles. And I shuffle like I shuffle in between questions, you know, as we go along the reading and those two cards showed up three times each right next to each other. And uh, I was like, so when I say you're fine, (laughs) I mean, you're fine. But in another reading, I remember getting the King of Pentacles for somebody. And I was like, this is a bad match for you. Because and it just came across as this very like bossy, stuck in the ground kind of guy. But yesterday, it came across as as a lovely companion, you know, and that doesn't mean that my interpretation of the card, it means that with every reading like jamie was saying with every single reading you're going to find different layers of that card to relate to you and different features of that card are going to pop up so the more informed you are about all the different perspectives on each card the more opportunity you have to pull those different layers out when you're doing an individual reading and it just makes it more detailed and more lush really Mm -hmm.
2: And and I think you, uh, Melissa, I think you bring up a good point about interpretation and what interpretation may fit for that particular card. It's like, look at the symbols that are popping out for you. Is it the shield on the Empress card or the Venus sign on the Empress card or is the lush uh, wheat field or is it her crown of stars or like, what is the main symbol that your eye is being drawn to for that card? Because it could reveal the interpretation or the the correct or the most pertinent interpretation for that particular reading um but i had one more thing to say and now i've forgotten it the companion regarding the companion books um like we can't be so precious about certain companion books and and i know that jamie will probably agree with me (laughs) on this considering she's written so many but like that's what really um got to me when i was writing my first book because it's just like most most tarot books on the market right now especially geared towards beginners are going to have keyword interpretations for every single card like you just can't get around mm-hmm. it even though i don't agree with it and even though <laughs> i like kind of chafe under that example it's like it's good to have the keywords but remember to use them as a guide and think about you know whenever that author or writer was writing down those interpretations, that just happened to be what they were seeing in that card on that particular day or time. And I've already gone back in my book um, a year later, basically, almost a year later. And I'm just like, huh, I would interpret the Five of Wands differently now. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just like, there is that kind of taking it as a grain of salt and knowing like, what, Jamie, what do you call the, the... it, old white men. <laughs> yeah, the
1: the 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 you know dead white guy society, you know, where thank you thou shouts and you know only bees is, you know, it's really not in this world where we have such diversity. I mean, like I have people that like have started collecting all of my LWBs or you know, like the entire decks that I do, and they can see. The history from when I started to where I am now and the chain you know some of the similarities because I find that I like to keep I don't like to reinvent the wheels so if you pick up my book my um, decks and stuff I'll keep some stuff same like the history of tarot or you know how to read a card or how to you know do a reading but I try to find the voice of the deck and what the cards need you know like sometimes the most challenging thing I had to do a couple of months ago was to create a deck without seeing all the cards. Now, for that, oh my god, can, that's interesting <laughs> because you can't distra- you can't describe an image when you don't have the image. Right. So instead, I went in and I did devotionals, like little devotional poems or something to you know, kind of oh, give a that. change up to how would you work with the energy of this card? Because while a meaning can be say, say, um the meaning, the overall meaning, can change, but the energy of the card is going to kind of ev- evoke something. So yeah, like Hillary said, you know, at that moment, these energies at that time I wrote, that's exactly what it meant. Now, if somebody you know gets that deck and says, "Well, I didn't get it, or you know, I felt something different," I'm going to tell people go with that because that's what that. that's what's speaking to you at this moment. You know, I'm just trying to find a way to get people to engage with the cards um, differently, whether through the image or whether through a story or a personality or something, you know, something to kind of just peak and spark that, that aha, you know, the, the, uh, the connection between the brain and the
2: intuition. Yeah. And, uh, you know, personal meanings are going to be different for everyone because the personal that's what personal yep. means. Yeah. So it's just like like I had a very difficult relationship with a couple of the different cards like um the emperor card and unfortunately that happens to be one of my birth cards but also I had a difficult relationship with my father. And so whenever I would see the emperor card I would think about my dad which I had a difficult relationship with. Um and the same thing can be said for like the empress if you have a difficult relationship with your mother. Um, If you have a difficult relationship with religion, you know, the hierophant might be a problem for you. But in that, and talking about this subject and the different decks and how, you know, the different archetypal energies are depicted, you know, you may find a deck that speaks to you in the imagery that might differentiate itself from you know the more traditional symbol symbolism, but might actually help you to understand that card's energy a little bit better and forge a better relationship with that card's energy. Like for example, Chiro Marchetti's Legacy of the Divine, changing the Hierophant card to the card of faith that really helped me understand Hierophant energy because I do have a little bit of a difficult
0: (laughs) relationship uh, with religion. So Rachel wrote about the Hierophant as a trickster card. And that was, that was what got it for me because it's a difficult card. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just, I was, I had a dream last night about the Hierophant card. So weird. Um, and about how it was the Pope And um, how Papal and and, uh, the derivation of the word Pope also means um, bridge builder. And that to me was revolutionary. And I dreamt this. It was very weird. I was looking up like what the word meant because I I do that. I go to the base of the word and I look up the vernacular and where it came from, the etymology of the word. And that helps me figure it out. And bridge builder for Hierophant just kind of made me go, okay, I, I get it now. This is the person who shows you how to get across the bridge and has, has to show you, or maybe a bridge needs to be built here uh, mm-hmm. so that you can cross, you know? Um, so that was, that's my brain. Um, <laughs> what do you dream about? Very hard. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, especially if you're mm-hmm. doing a lot
2: of readings or returning to readings, you know, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's just yeah. like we dream about, like, I'm I'm currently hunting for, uh, for a new place to live. And I was just like, honey, I dreamed about our new place and it had a deck. And now, now my husband's like looking at uh, different places that have decks because I dreamt it. And I was just like, you know, not everything I dream comes true. <laughs> you know, there's sometimes, you know. Dreams about uh people that are not you, like celebrities um so not everything I dream comes true, so maybe we won't have a deck, but yeah,
0: <laughs> maybe you will never know,
2: maybe, maybe, but I love companion books because they're supposed to be they're supposed to be that tool for you, and it's just like and if it's a tool for you and it's helping you then like, there's nothing wrong with that, but Mm -hmm. they can be a hindrance too because you start to put it on a
0: pedestal and you start to distrust
2: your intuition, how it speaks to you.
0: And think about the word companion book. It's a companion to that deck. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you feel like having your homie with you and sometimes you don't. And uh, companions are up to you, you know, whether or not you bring them along for the ride or the reading as it might be. Yes, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Do your homework.
0: <laughs> yeah. Start to
2: write out your own companion book. That's a good idea.
1: <laughs> it really? I mean, it is. I mean, it, it kind of tracks where you started to where you currently are in the process. So um, thanks. And we'll see you next time.
0: Bye.